uh, good to be here, and uh, I can't even remember the last time I was here. <laughs> two, two weeks ago? Oh, it was on the women's read. Well, that's why so many people were gone that week. <clears throat> and so, uh, but uh, uh, it's been uh, excellent. Uh, Vandalia is doing great, our church plant, and uh, uh, about 50 miles southwest of here. And so that's encouraging. And this past week, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Toronto and was part of uh, the regional gathering of our network of churches called Partners in Harvest. And so all of the Ontario churches, there's, there's about 50 to 60 churches in Ontario itself. Uh, and so it's our, it's our greatest concentration outside of Africa. <laughs> uh, so it's just great to, to be with um, uh, our church family there. Well, uh, we are in the midst of hearing the Voice of God series in April. And, uh, and this quarter is on intimacy and, and the reason intimacy and hearing God's voice uh, works together is, is communication is the primary way that intimacy is built. And so we've been talking about hearing, hearing the voice of God for this whole month. <clears throat> Could you do me a favor there, Josh, and turn me down a little bit? I just seem like I'm really loud. Maybe I'm not, but it seems that way to me. All right. <clears throat> uh, oh, good. The clicker's working. Oh, I thought it was working. There we go. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, a prophecy, uh, today's sermon, we're going to be talking about how prophetic ministry works in church, especially in Sunday. And this is really connected with hearing God's voice. Prophecy is simply sharing God's voice. All right? So we need to learn how to hear God's voice in order to be able to share God's voice. And there's a bit of a difference. Most We teach a lot about hearing God's voice for our, ourselves and hearing uh, the, our Father speak to us and, and words of encouragement, words of uh, comfort and stuff it personally. But prophetic ministry is when you take that and you hear God's voice for others. And um, this is a, a part of uh, what who we are as a church. And just to clarify... Uh, the word prophecy is kind of a loaded term because everybody thinks, or everybody has a definition, and it has it has multiple uses, like most words in English. Um, you know, prophecy sometimes does refer to uh, things that uh, that concern the end times. Well, that's not how we're using it. All right, that's not the type of prophecy we're talking about. And actually, prophecy, when it's most used most through Scripture, prophecy is not about. Um, uh, uh, telling the future, uh, future telling, it's more about forth telling. It's speaking forth God's word. And so it's simply communicating what God is saying. And what we want to do is to demystify this whole idea of prophetic ministry and sharing God's voice. Because, you know, if someone comes up and says, uh, uh, you know, God told me to tell you something, there's an aspect where you, you might want to be a little careful. <laughs> That's kind of scary, and rightly so. You know, <laughs> really? What did he look like? <laughs> you know? And so the idea of God speaks to me, I mean, it, it, so some people are put in psychiatric facilities because they think God is speaking to them. Right? Okay, so let's just, let's just get that on the table and actually say, that's not altogether bad, all right? That we, we are cautious when someone thinks God's talking to them because that is abused and misused and, and can be a sign of a real problem. 
<laughs> on the other hand, if God, the God of the Bible, says he's going to talk with us and communicate with us, and in fact, if Jesus is the Word of God, you know, by which all things are held together, and the truth is, is that God is constantly speaking, then there's another side of the story is that, in fact, if we're not hearing from God, that's an equal and opposite problem. All right. So it's actually coming to the place where we hear God in a, in, a, in a good way, in a biblical way, in a healthy way, based on the, 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 how Scripture teaches us and how we're led by the Holy Spirit in a way that gives life, um, and then learning how to share that. And we're really going to talk <clears throat> a lot about um, how prophetic ministry works on a Sunday morning, a lot of sermons are just to inspire, encourage you, or to, to develop something in your personal life. This uh, sermon, this is more of a teaching on just how things work at New Day Community Church in the area of prophetic ministry. And the goal for all of what we do as a church is to minister like Jesus. Okay? I want the ministry, my vision for uh, New Day Community Church is to be a church that ministers like Jesus. And you notice that Jesus never watered down the, 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 his messages, did he? All right? He, Jesus never had to like, hide the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, did he? Right? He would do miracles, he would cast out demons, he would raise people from the dead, he was confronting people, but he did it in a way, <clears throat> and we're not quite sure, you know, we can we study it, but basically he did all of the things uh, in a way that actually was attractive, especially to non-religious people. Because the religious people that came around him were the critics. All right? Religious people are kind of critical. You have you ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Where the non-religious, unchurched people... The, the, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the people that were not welcomed amongst uh, the, you know, uh, in the tabernacle or, you know, in the synagogues, they came to Jesus and they heard something. I said, wow. And they're like, wow, a demon got cast out. That's kind of interesting. He did it in a way that wasn't spooky. And it was powerful, but not spooky. And so that's kind of the goal, is to develop a culture of healthy prophetic ministry that is both free and safe. Uh, it's interesting, I just saw this and I, I actually, actually added it to my notes <laughs> last night. Chris Valentin, how many know who Chris is? Right, okay. You guys need to listen to uh, the Bethel, uh, Reading, California Bethel Church. Uh, Bill Johnson's the senior pastor. Chris Valentin is, is one of the co pastors, and they are really influential worldwide, like on a scale. It's almost unbelievable. But he put this uh, on Twitter last night, and I thought, wow, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about tomorrow. So I'm going to quote him. It says, prophecy is like a nuclear weapon in the hands of a believer. It is important that we embrace the king of prophetic culture that calls out our destiny and reminds us of God's work in our lives. If we despise, reject, or do not believe in prophecy, we play into the enemy's hand by laying down a vital, a vitally important weapon of our warfare. And so, in the warfare which is the life of a Christian, battling against the forces of the enemy, battling against the forces of flesh and the world, prophecy is a very, very powerful weapon. But like any weapon, <clears throat> it's dangerous, right? An effective weapon is dangerous by definition. 
-hmm. Would you agree? And so we need to learn how to use it wisely so that there's not uh, innocent casualties. No friendly fire. Yeah, no friendly fire. (laughs) And sometimes that happens. That's from a Spirit Wars book. Uh, And so that's what we're talking about. is how we use this this powerful weapon in church. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul writes, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. In the Amplified it says, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, gifts, especially that you prophesy. And so God clearly communicates that of all the gifts that He gives, prophecy is the one that we're to, to pursue after. <clears throat> and you need to see this verse as one continuous thought. It's not like two options. It's not like pursue love and if you want to, pursue prophecy. All right? It's one thought. Pursue love as, and desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. It's one train of thought here. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, it's not like, oh, well, you know, I'm more of the prophecy guy and you're more of the love person and, and uh, you know, we balance each other out. No, they're inseparable. In fact, the whole of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, it's the chapter of love. The chapter of love. Right? It's the chapter of love. <clears throat> It's one of the most famous books in the Bible. Everybody knows, uh, you know, even non-Christians are familiar with that passage. It's actually a poem on, on love. But they're completely ignorant most of the time of everything that's discussed in chapter 12 and chapter 14. <laughs> because all of chapter 12 and all of chapter 14 have to do with spiritual gifts. So those who think that the gifts are not for today should consider... You know, that the Bible presents the gifts and love as inseparable. They're interwoven uh, aspects of New Testament ministry. Even the death, you know, as they're described in Scripture. There's a whole chapter on gifts. Then this chapter of love is, is right in the middle. And then it flows right into chapter 14, uh, which uh, gets into the details, the specifics of how to minister gifts in a public setting. Chapter 13 uh, the point of chapter 13 is that the goal of all, the ministry of all the gifts, whatever the gift it is, is love, and that love is the priority. But uh, love is the priority as we minister with the gift. So there's a connection there. <clears throat> um, so we're just going to jump through chapter 14 on some of the verses that uh, uh, address prophecy and then talk about how we do that here as, as a church. Uh, the Bible says that he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. It's one of those verses that I think every uh, charismatic, if you will, or every Christian should memorize. But especially uh, those of us who, who are active in, in ministering in the spiritual gifts. Prophecy speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification is strengthening, building up, like in, uh, you know, the word an edifice, <clears throat> which is a building. Uh, so it literally means, you know, we're going to build something. And so it's putting structures in place to support, um, you know, uh, a dwelling place or a, a meeting place. It's literally building. So that's a picture. Edification is to build up. 
uh, exhortation is to encourage or uh, to lift up. And so when someone's down, they need some e- e- exhortation. They need to be stirred up, you know, uh, 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 en- encouraged, uh, whether it be emotionally or, or uh, to accomplish a task. It's lifting up. And then comfort simply is holding up. It's caring. It's communicating compassion. It's communicating concern uh, and care. And all prophecy, <coughs> you prophesies, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. It doesn't say edification or exhortation or comfort or something else, does it? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, because there's this thing, if you read books, uh, if you read books on prophecy and prophetic ministry, I guarantee you, almost every book will say that um, entry-level prophet- prophetic ministry is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And then those who are called to the office of the prophet, they can uh, step into a, a greater level of prophecy, which it has to do with correction and direction and, and all these other things. And there's like this two-tier uh, understanding of prophetic ministry. And I would just like to um, ask or suggest that maybe that's not what this verse says. Because I don't see anywhere else in Scripture where it talks about that other level. <laughs> All right? I think there are people called as prophets. And there are definitely people that that is their fivefold calling. That's their, they, they have the office of the gift of prophet. And so they, that's just what they do. They walk in the room, they're going to prophesy. Uh, they can't preach very good. They just get up and prophesy. <laughs> you know? uh, and some people are just, some people have a spirit of prophecy. So it's easy for them to prophesy, but that's not their main thing. But no matter when or where or what you're prophesying, that needs to produce three things. It needs to edify. It needs to... Uh, exhort and encourage, and it needs to comfort. So even if you're bringing a corrective word from the Lord, correction is unto edification, unto encouragement and exhortation, and should produce comfort, even if there is some correction in it or direction. Does that make sense? So, And I believe that prophecy will end... When we no longer need edification, exhortation, and comfort. <laughs> All right. Which I don't know about you, but I still need it. And then Paul goes on and talks a little more in detail. He says that the whole church comes together in one place uh, and all speak with tongues. And we're not going to be talking about speaking with tongues this morning. It's another whole teaching, but... You can come and ask me. I think we have a brochure on it. It says, And there comes in uh, those who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they not say that you are out of your mind? <laughs> but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. So prophecy here, this is one of First Corinthians is one of the few places in Scripture where Paul actually talks through what should happen in a church meeting. All right? Um, we have some examples of it mentioned elsewhere, but this is where it goes into detail. And prophecy is just part of that New Ter- Testament church experience. And uh, this, this whole, the whole book, really, is in regards to the functioning of a church. And a lot of it has to do with how uh, these things work in a public meeting. 
And by the way, the word ecclesia, by which, uh, which is translated church throughout the New Testament, it's a Greek word, ecclesia, means a public meeting of members who are, who are called out. Okay, called out. And, it, and the very definition of the word is something that is public, a public assembly. And so people sometimes misunderstand. They say, well, I'm part of the church, but I don't really go to a church. That's like saying, you know, I'm part of the NFL, but I don't really play on a team. You know, I have a jersey at home and I look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're kind of crazy, <laughs> right? So, all right. So, it's talking about how spiritual gifts are to be used in a public setting, and spiritual gifts are, according to this verse, spiritual gifts are to be done in a way that is sensitive to those who are uninformed or unbelievers. And sometimes us in, in charismatic, and I had somebody tell me the other a week or two ago that they didn't even know what the word charismatic meant. <clears throat> and that just means uh, uh, churches that are charismatic are, are, is basically the label that are put on churches that function in and uh, flow in the charismatic gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, charis is, is actually the word grace. Uh, it's tra- charis itself is translated grace. And so charismatic gifts are actually gifts of grace. It's an impartation. Grace is an empowering gift, something that gives power to do what God's called us. And so, <clears throat> since the 50s, uh, is when it, uh, churches like ours that t- that we believe in speaking in tongues, we believe in prophecy, we believe in in uh, uh, people that are sick coming up and getting uh, prayer for healing uh, are called charismatic uh, churches. But here in First Corinthians, the, the chapter that talks about uh, uh, one of the more, more charismatic churches in the New Testament is that how we function in these gifts, we need to be sensitive to those who are uninformed or unbelievers. And so I believe it's biblical to be seeker-sensitive, if you will, because the Scripture tells us to do prophecy in tongues in a way that makes sense. Otherwise, those who are uninformed or unbelievers will think you're crazy. <clears throat> now, I know what that, how to do that. I know how to do church in a way that people walk in and go, you're crazy! <laughs> and run out. All right? I actually kind of like doing church that way. <laughs> uh, amen. Come on. There's someone. But that's what conferences are for. That's what special meetings are for. And so that's why I encourage you, everyone should go at least once or twice a year to a big conference where you can just go crazy for God and spend two or three days with nothing on your agenda than worshiping, singing, dancing, getting blasted in God. Let me just suggest to you, there's two categories in this verse. There's uninformed and there's unbelievers. Okay? Uh, uninformed are people that don't know about spiritual gifts. They may be saved and Christian and, you know, you know following Jesus... They're not unbelievers, because if they were unbelievers, he would just say, he, the Bible would have said, if, if unbelievers come into your, uh, in the midst of you, they'll think you're crazy. But, but the Bible says, no, there's two categories of people that might think you're crazy. There's the uninformed. So even in Paul's day, and we actually have ex- examples of this in the book of Acts, where people were actually Christians, but they didn't know anything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the apostles prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and prophesied. Okay, So there are people who are genuine Christian, serving God, 
Now, in our day, there's a whole bunch of genuine Christians serving God um, that are uninformed and actually believe that all of this stuff is of the devil or it ended 2,000 years ago or whatever, and you just smile and love on them. <laughs> all right? Don't argue with them. Say, man, if that works for you, go for it. You know? And then there's unbelievers who are like, they just don't know anything about Jesus. All right. <clears throat> so, now we do ministry in a way that doesn't freak them out, but we don't do that by forbidding the practice. Rather, we do it in a way that leads them, like Paul describes, that they fall on their knees and says, surely God is in your midst. So we want to create an atmosphere, a culture, where people connect with God. In verse 26, Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation, let all things be done for edification. So this morning, Jen came up and shared uh, a word of, uh, it was really a a revelation. She had a picture of lions, and and I don't know about you, but that communicated a lot to me. You know, I was like, wow, that's powerful, and that helps me uh, connect with God in a way that uh, just singing a song uh, uh, doesn't necessarily. Uh, and so it's, it's a powerful thing. And so that was a great example of how we do prophecy in our church. Um, the vision for church is people come to share, not just to receive. Everyone should come with something ready to give. It doesn't mean that everybody has a prophecy, everyone has an exhortation, but you're ready to share in some way. Maybe it's children's ministry, maybe it's you know a uh, worship team. In some way you're ready to give. And that there are many different kinds uh, or ways to share, but the point is that everything's done for edification. The point is that the body, the church, is being built up. And if we all come, rather than coming to see what we can receive, but rather coming to see how can we be part of the team that builds up the church, in coming that way, you actually receive what you need better and more likely. It doesn't deny your needs. It actually positions you to receive uh, uh, whatever you need. Alright, moving on. 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 14.29 says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. <clears throat> if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. I just love how practical, practical, practical this is. For you all... For, uh, for you can all prophesy. Say that out loud. Say, you can all... There you go. You can all prophesy, one by one. <clears throat> that all may learn and that all may in, uh, be encouraged. Now, keep this connected, okay? He says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge, but everyone can prophesy. Uh, and so the, there's two ideas here in that... In, in one sense, everyone can prophesy, but in a public setting, you only have two or three. All right? <clears throat> we'll, we'll get down to this. That all may learn and all may be encouraged. Um, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let me just talk through that. Prophecy generally should be limited to two or three um, although there are exceptions. Sometimes when it's really flowing, it, the Holy Spirit uh, is doing that and you just let it go. But in general, <clears throat> there should be two or three. Uh, why? Because it's church. It's a public meeting and everything needs to be done decently in order. And there's other things that God wants to do as well. All right? Uh, and this whole idea is once, and I've experienced this countless times, once prophecy gets rolling, that's why he says, you know, if someone prophesies and then another prophesies and something is revealed to the first one, 
He needs to be. He needs to keep silent. Because if if somebody shares something and then somebody else shares something, then the first person goes, "Oh, that just adds to the idea. I want to share something more." <clears throat> and pretty soon you got four hour prophetic fasts going on. You know, <laughs> you know, and half the people are either asleep or left. <laughs> that's great if you want to do a, a prophecy night, all right? But that's just not a healthy way to do church, uh, uh, and, and to have this expectation that that's what's needed every Sunday. And so the, the Bible instructs us how to to have a uh, create a culture that has freedom for the prophetic, but still keeps it in a healthy uh, limit. And so the the role of keeping that orderly. A new day falls to the MC, okay, the person who's MCing the meeting and is shared with the worship leader. So we just want to communicate what we communicate to the MC so everyone has uh, the idea. We've, this is just how we do things. I don't think we've ever taught on this before, but it fits in to this series. So the MC's responsibility is to determine if whatever word you have to share is appropriate for the moment. <clears throat> and so if, if God's putting something on your heart, maybe you see a, an image or a picture like uh, Jen saw this morning, this, this image, this mental image of, a, of lions uh, or an exhortation or, wow, you know one of the best prophetic words, uh, one way that you can share a prophetic word and never worry about uh, um, being uh, you know, wrong is just quoting a scripture. Now God put a scripture on your heart, you know, and if it, and so you bring whatever you have up to the MC, and you kind of give share the gist, <clears throat> uh, and they'll determine if it's appropriate for the the worship service at the time. They're not saying their job isn't to figure out if this is from God or not, yeah. you know, because that, that's not a burden that they need to have. But whether or not it's something that should be shared with the whole body or not. All right. So everyone who desires to share something, um, uh, you know, if it's something spontaneous in the worship, if it's something that you have on your heart beforehand, then talk to us beforehand, and we might schedule it as a testimony or something. Or we might. There's sometimes people come and say they have something. Now, okay, great. Let's just wait for the right time in the worship service, and we'll let you go. Uh, but you come up, you share it with the MC, and they will determine how, if and how uh, what you have can be shared. And listen, this is a big point that I want to make. It's not only okay, this is our goal, is to have people come up regularly and have the MC say, I don't think that's right for right now. Okay, so let me just describe this a little bit. If every service, or if, you know, once every other service, uh, one or two people would come up and they say, no, I don't think that's right, and they go back and sit down, and then, and then someone comes up and they say, yeah, that's right, and it goes up, that will create a culture that it's not just a free-for-all, all right? That, there's, that the prophetic is being pastored, all right? So don't feel bad. So let's just confess this out loud, all right? I will not feel bad if I'm told it's not time to share. And it happened to me. So yeah. <clears throat> this, this is, and so this actually should encourage you that if you're not sure... The safe way to deal with it is to come out and bounce it off the MC. And sometimes people come, well, I really don't know about this, but then I'll go, they don't realize it, but the person, uh, something, it's like the third person that morning that has said the very same thing to me. I'm like, baby, that's right on. You know? Or maybe you're the first one, and I'll say, yeah, maybe not. But then someone else comes with, this has actually happened. I'll say, no, I don't think that's quite right. And then somebody else comes with the exact same thing. I'm going to go, hmm, I think God wants to say something. <laughs> you know? 
So it's really good to develop that. Uh, perhaps, for a few reasons, perhaps it's something that the, has already been shared. In other words, uh, the MC will feel that, you know, that's already been communicated. So uh, it's that condition that Paul talked about. If someone shares and somebody else shares, and then like somebody else wants to add to what was already shared, there's a point, I've, I've been in services where there's been four or five prophetic words that basically said the same thing. You know, everyone's going, okay, we got it. You know, but, you know, people feel excited. It's good to feel excited. It is. But it doesn't mean you have to get up in front of everybody. And uh, the, the worship leader has been praying often for weeks to get direction for the service. You know, the person who's speaking has a message that God's put on their heart that they've, they've written. And, and uh, so, so there's, there's, it's just one part of it. Yes? It's also God's way of letting you know five people get the same words but not all of them share it. It's God is letting the other people know, yes, you do hear me even though it might not be your turn to speak. Right. And so it's like, you're tu- you know what? You're in tune. That's great. You don't have to share it. That just means you're in tune. Or perhaps it's something um, uh, you, the MC thinks that you've uh, received that you need to pray into it and not necessarily publicly share it. And the majority of prophetic insights, prophetic revelations are for one purpose and that's for you to pray. You need to agree in prayer. Oh, you know, so if you see something, you can just say, God, I see heavens open up. So I just pray, God, open up the heavens over the new day. You know, uh, doesn't mean you have to uh, publicly say it. <clears throat> but we, we do want, we want a culture that has... Pr- prophetic ministry. Let me just tell you something about the importance of prophetic ministry. This will blow you away. It blew me away. I found this out just uh, a couple of days ago. Two things. And whatever you think of the Catholic Church or the Pope, you know, I respect that, but um, there's a billion people on planet Earth that uh, call him, you know, the head of their church. And they're Christian. And I found out two things. Uh, 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 Partners in Harvest Pastor, her name is Stacy Campbell, her and her husband pastor a church in Canada. Um, uh, it was recently, within a few months before Pope Francis became the Pope, um, she was in Argentina at a, a meeting where he was ministering. It was a revival meeting. He happens to be connected with some revivalists down in South America, the Pope Francis is. Um, and she had a prophetic word that God told her that God was going to, because of his humility, raise him up and make him the next pope. (laughs) Which would have been enough in and of itself, but opportunity came up later in a meeting, and so she asked if he would pray for her. And the interpreter switched it around and, and interpreted, can I pray for you? And he said yes. Okay? So, uh... It's true, true story. Okay, believe it or not, it's a true story. So here, this is this is a regular lady I know her. Kathy and I talked to him just a few months ago. This Stacy Campbell started praying for the Pope. She says, "Okay," and she boom goes into the prophetic mode and prophesies over him. Uh, just a few months before the previous Pope uh, uh, resigned, that he would be the next Pope. Well, lo and behold, he's the next Pope. That may have had some impact. Let me tell you something else. <clears throat> In the meeting that I was at, one of the Catch the Fire pastors, his name is Bruno, he's an Italian guy. Uh, Steve, he didn't say this. Steve Long, the pastor of all the Catch the Fire churches, came up. We were talking about the Pope and some other things. And Steve said he's being humble. He's been asked, this guy Bruno has been asked by the Vatican uh, uh, to be the main coordinator of um, between... Uh, um, the charismatic church in North America and the Catholic church. Furthermore, he has been assigned to select five prophetic 
uh, evangelical ministers to spend a half a day with the Pope later this year to prophesy over him. Yeah! Boom! I'm like, really? This is amazing. And this guy, you'd walk next to him on the street and think he was like, just a nobody. Uh, he's just one of us. And we have influence. Like, who knows? So prophecy is powerful. We want to honor prophecy. It's a powerful tool. Okay, so the MC can ask... What, another thing, an MC can ask what God has shown you and then decide to share the gist of it themselves. In other words, maybe they feel like rather than having you come up, because sometimes it takes a lot of time, they can just communicate it in a, in a, a nugget that would flow better in the service. <coughs> Um, MCs are instructed that if they don't know someone, that they're not to allow them on the stage. All right? And so, you know, maybe you've been coming here for six months, but the MC doesn't know that. We have two services. People travel a lot. And so uh, don't feel bad if they say, I'm sorry, I don't know you need to be a member of the church uh, to prophesy. And, they, and you say, well, I am a member of the church. I'm sorry. Can we sit down and talk about it? But what, what did you have on your heart? And they might, they might come up and uh, share the gist of it in your place if they feel that. That's just one of the guidelines that we have. And then the MC can also get input, like they can come over and ask me if I'm here, one of the other leaders, uh, you know, how, how can we... How can we honor that? So that's just some of the guidelines. We just ask you that you would honor that um, and understand how that works. And the goal is to create a place where there's freedom for prophecy as well as safety. And I do want to encourage uh, you to, to come ready to share. And I would especially say the men of the church. How many are men? Okay. How many are men? How many are women? How many don't know? Make an appointment. <laughs> All right, because uh, you know it's it, what happens is certain people have a prophetic gift and they they come up frequently and then unintentionally that can set an expectation is only though they prophesy, you know. And uh, I'm actually I just want to encourage there should be a good balance. And so even if you don't prophesy often, you know maybe God wants you to explore, uh, move into that. Um, share a scripture. All right, if allowed. To share, the MC will introduce you and stand with you, and they may follow up uh, after you say uh, something in case if they feel that they need to. Uh, if you share, please use your own voice, not someone else's. <laughs> Talk normal, although you can get excited, you know, but you don't have to go into, and thus saith the Lord of glory! <clears throat> right? Uh, it doesn't make it more anointed if you spit or talk King James. <clears throat> All right. uh, and don't say, thus saith the Lord, unless you're quoting a scripture where that says it. Because right? that just confuses people and it's unnecessary. Uh, All right, A couple other things. It's better to say, well, I see God. Or I, I get a picture. I feel God is saying. That just makes it more real. It makes it more understandable. And uh, mistakes are often made in the interpretation. So you'll see something and then you'll try to interpret it. So if God only gives you a picture, don't try to force an interpretation. Maybe you can share the picture. Maybe someone else will share an interpretation. Or maybe people will get that individually. And please don't try to explain yourself. Sometimes people come up and they think, well, they've got to explain uh, a lot of it. Just share what God's put on your heart in a clear, concise way. And when you're done, this is the key. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Say thank you and sit down. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. We know in part, we prophesy. Prophecies fail. Not all word, prophetic words are 100%. We prophesy in part. We only get a little pic, partial picture. So not only is it okay to fail or okay to make a mistake, it's biblical. <laughs> it's biblical, okay? <clears throat> and, and don't let people confuse you with, well, a false prophet was stoned. Uh, do the research. Actually, the only prophets that were stoned were prophets that tried to get Israel to follow another god, not prophets that made a mistake. Prophecy is almost always conditional. Um, so pro- false prophets are people that are, are lead people to heresy, not genuine believers that make a mistake. Good. <coughs> yeah, I thought so. All right. Um, couple, three scriptures on this. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others judge. The Thessalonians, do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. First John, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because of many false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's three. There's other verses that talk about this idea of testing prophecies and um, uh, evaluating them. If prophecy was no longer for today, why does the Bible teach us to test and judge them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Likewise, if prophecies, I read this webpage, and I flipped through some just on the research, and he made this whole point that prophecies have to be 100% accurate or they're, or they're not from God. And I'm like, dude, if, if there was never a mistake in prophecy, why are we told to test and judge prophecy? Okay? It's because sometimes we make mistakes. All right? you know, hold fast to what is good, reject it, but don't despise. Actually, he says, don't despise prophecy, just test it. So until Jesus returns, because he's the one that is perfect, uh, we are to function just as described in the, in the Bible concerning prophetic ministry. This follow, end up with this last scripture in Revelations. It says, uh, this is John experienced this when uh, he, at the end of the revelation, um, a, a man appeared to him, was, was showing him things to come, and he fell at, John fell at his feet to worship him. Uh, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. <clears throat> worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So prophecy is connected with the testifying or or revealing Jesus. It's, it's really, you know, uh, it's it's the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is one of the most powerful ways that we can testify or reveal Jesus. Prophecy is simply now inspiration. It's inspiration for the moment. And it's just how God works. It's uh, incarnational revelation. God takes us, vessels of clay, flawed and broken, fills them with His glory, and we can pour out uh, some of what He puts in to others uh, for their blessing. So, uh, Aaron's going to come up and lead us in a uh, time to respond. I would challenge us to pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, and ask, you know, are you pursuing that love? Are you earnestly desiring spiritual gifts? And... You know, all of it is dependent on if you're first in a covenantal relationship with Jesus. So, Aaron, could you lead us in a closing? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, How many of you guys have been impacted by prophetic word, whether it was corporately or individually? Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have... uh, I've heard 
that were just, their lives were changed by a prophetic word. Or maybe they were an unbeliever and they had someone give a word to them and, and now they're a believer. You know, crazy, awesome things can happen with the prophetic. So we want to be, or to cultivate a, a culture that um, values the prophetic. And um, I feel like the response towards the prophetic can be either that we, we fear it, and so we avoid it, or we're, we're scared to maybe share something that God's put on our heart, or we can, we can be, not respect it, and we can be reckless with it and abuse it. We don't want to be in either of those categories. We want to, we want to love it. We want to have a passion for it. We want to respect it. Um, so as we respond this morning, I just want to encourage each of us to, to evaluate where we're at. Um, do, we, do we have a passion for the prophetic? Are we growing in the prophetic? Each one of you are called to prophesy. Yeah. Each one of you who, are, who believe in, in Christ have the Spirit of God within you to give you the ability to share what's on God's heart with people. That's an exciting thing. Um, so just take a moment and evaluate where you're at in that and pray for more of it. I think God wants to, um, for us all to be constantly growing in, in hearing His voice and sharing it with others. So if you'd stand with me, let's just pray for that and agree with what God is doing here at the church, what He's doing in this community. Uh, we want a prophetic culture in Kalamazoo. Yeah. We want to take it to the streets outside these four walls yeah. and be able to share God's voice with the people that really, really need it. Right? Yeah. So let's just pray for that. Father God, I pray right now um, for each, each heart here this morning, each person. Um, we're just thankful for each one that you've given us the ability to hear your voice and to share it with others, God. I just pray right now um, for an increase in that in each individual. Father, I pray for a, a boldness and a bravery to rise up, Father, to share your heart with not only the church, but those outside the church. And we just ask that you would create a safe, healthy, growing prophetic culture in this church and that you would challenge us um, to share what you have to say with a, a broken world. And um, God, we just do pray that, that, that you would come and you'd fill up each and every one here, that you'd cause them to grow in the prophetic, to seek out spiritual gifts. We bless each one. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for, for your love. Holy Spirit, come and fill each one. Thank you, God. Just take a moment to, to receive from God this morning. He has something to say to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to fill you with boldness. Thank you, God.
Father, we love you. We thank you for this holy and special moment. We just speak blessing over uh, each one in this congregation this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.